Hello, everyone. Welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, We're not doing a history podcast today. We are talking about baptism and not just in a, you know, theoretical sense. I actually did an episode about baptism and what each denomination believes about baptism and kind of talked about my thoughts on it. But that led me to getting baptized this weekend. So I want to talk about my baptism, why I got baptized, a little bit about my testimony, and then I just want to chat about the future of the podcast because, you know, basic, I mean, I guess I can just chat a little bit about it right now, but the synopsis is I have been kind of, like when I started this podcast, I started it as a way for me to explore what I believe about a lot of different topics, about religious topics, about political topics, and all that, <clears throat> I would kind of come to the conclusion through, like, of through a biblical sense and a historical sense. So basically, at first, the podcast was about history, politics, and faith. And basically, every week, learning about a topic related to one of those three pillars. Over time, I don't know, I got a little bit, like, nervous about sharing anything political, you know, for obvious reasons or, um, and then I went through a phase of thinking like, well, maybe I should just niche down and just do history because a lot of the topics I end up covering have been about history. It's just easy to look up a historical event, like write out a timeline of the history and then present it. There's not a lot of like opinion that is needed to be involved. I don't have to think about where I stand on certain issues. So I kind of ended up morphing a lot of this into a history podcast, which I've liked. However, because I started as like such a widespread, like not niched down podcast, I was like, well, I don't think my podcast is reaching as many people as it maybe could. If I had started a niche, should I rebrand to an all history podcast? So for a while, that's what I was planning on doing. I was planning on on just creating an only history podcast. So I decided to ruminate on that a little bit. And I just don't think I'm going to do that. So I probably will have some sort of rebrand. Like I'll probably either name something different or just create new art and revitalize my Instagram or something to, you know, try to get the word out a little bit more about what this podcast is about. But I just realized that I am not meant to talk about one specific thing. I'm not meant to just do history. I, my personality is not that way where I can just focus on one, one thing. Um, so I I won't probably be niching down anytime soon. Plus I want to have the opportunity to do things like this, where I'm talking about things that are more personal in my life or talking about my faith or talking about the things I've learned about the Bible, like the historical context around the Bible or, you know, things that are not just strictly history. So don't worry, the podcast is not going anywhere. I still really, really enjoy putting out podcast episodes and learning. And I think I'm just going to be a lifelong student. I just love learning. So this is my outlet for that. And I love it no matter, no matter what, but I do want to get back to exploring things through a biblical lens and being able to talk about it. So I do want to touch on politics, but have like 
see what the Bible says about politics and how I should be voting on certain issues. And, and, uh, you know, I used to blanketly say that I was like conservative for pretty much everything. I would just say like, yep, I'm, I'm really, really conservative. But, you know, over the past, <clears throat> past couple of years, as I've searched out the truth through the biblical context, I, I think, you know, well, first of all, I think if you're kind of blindly just, if you have a blind allegiance to a party, it's probably, it's not good. Like, you know, probably if you're sorting through evidence and opinions and stuff, you'll probably have a slightly different view than a party on a couple issues. Um, so just blanketly saying that your platform is, uh, the exact as a political party's platform is probably, um, not great. So I just want to go through and discuss like some issues, nuance of like, what does the Lord say about this? Where am I supposed to be? And probably the truth is somewhere in the middle between the two political parties, um, for a lot of things. So that's just about the podcast. Like that's what I want to do with the podcast. Now it'll, again, it'll probably be renamed or rebranded somehow. And I just need to kind of focus in on what, we're actually doing with it because I love learning, but this baptism and my current, like my recent learning about the Bible and about Jesus has really made me want to focus everything through a more biblical lens. And so I think that's the direction I'm going to be taking this podcast. So I will keep you posted on any updates there. I'm nailing down the final, you know, themes and like tagline and you know, cover art and stuff like that so that I have a cohesive message and hopefully can get more listeners to the podcast, which by the way, tell your friends about the pod. I would really appreciate it if you are enjoying it. Um, so yes, that's what's happening with the future of the podcast. But today we're going to be talking about baptism and I want to just touch on my testimony because I don't think I've actually, I've been doing the podcast for three years. People know I'm a Christian. If you've been listening for a long time, I think, Um, but I haven't touched on like my testimony and my actual, why I'm a Christian and any of that. So we're going to talk about that today. I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, tell me in the question below, if you have been baptized and at what age, and we will get into all that, uh, as we talk. So enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. Alrighty, let's talk a little bit about my testimony and what led to my baptism this weekend. Because I think some of my the people in my actual just personal life were surprised I got baptized this weekend. Not really for lack of following Jesus, but because I was baptized as a baby. And so a lot of people I think don't understand why I would get baptized a second time. Um... And all kind of what led to that decision. So let's just go way, way back. And I'm just going to tell you my story from the beginning. Um, so basically, I grew up in a, in a Christian household that really focused a lot on like the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. My grandma was a like a charismatic Catholic who was converted when she was like a young mother, I believe, when she was a young mother. 
And she kind of led the whole family to Jesus. My grandpa also was converted. And so, um, my, my grandparents were Christians. My mom's side was also Christians. They were Presbyterian. So my mom grew up Christian. My dad grew up Christian. Um, but it was a flavor of Christianity that I feel like was different than a lot of people around me where my grandma was always, we, we grew up really close to my, my grandparents. My grandma and my grandpa were always reading the Bible. They were always talking about, again, the Jewish roots of things. Some of my family members like got married in Israel. I was baptized in Israel um, when I was four months old. And we really, we grew up Catholic, but we would always say like, I'm too Catholic to be Protestant. I'm too Protestant to be Catholic. We felt somewhere in the middle was kind of where the faith aligned to. Like I always said, you know, I like Catholicism. I I'm Catholic, but there are a few things about the Catholic church that I don't agree with. That was kind of always my stance on it for a long time. And so I grew up and I've experienced various stages of, of following Jesus. And, um, there were kind of some hard family things in like middle school and that brought me closer to God. And I, I really felt like I had a solid place of faith in my life. But I think what was really happening was that I was, I was kind of like into, I I mean, well, I'm trying to think back because I wanted to, I was about to say that I was like more intellectually like a Christian, but I don't even think that's true. Like I, I knew theology, but there was a definite emotional aspect. Like during this hard time, I turned to Jesus. He was there. I felt super comforted. And so I, you know, thought my faith was very strong. Like when I was like 13, I feel like I was talking to Jesus every day. I, I had that personal like relationship with him and felt like my faith was very strong. Anyway, um, so that's kind of where I was at, but there was not ever like a one, um, singular moment where I read dedicated or, or whatever. I mean, I went through these hard family things and then I feel like I kind of rededicated my life to Jesus at that point. I remember I had this dream that Jesus came and I touched his robe, like the woman in the Bible. And that was a very powerful moment for me where I knew Jesus and I was a Christian. And so I guess presumably I could have gotten baptized at that time, but I didn't really know what the, what the importance was of baptism. And I, you know, I thought, okay, I've already been baptized. Okay. So that was like my younger years. I was for all, all perp- in all ways, really a Christian back then. Um, but I, through high school, I, I went to a Christian high school. I, again, felt like I had very solid theology. Um, and I think I got a little too big for my britches, honestly, because I, I thought I had it, it really figured out and probably was gearing, was more on the side of like a judgmental Christian, like looking at other people and saying, you know, if you're a Christian, how could you do this? Or or how could these people say that they're a Christian and, and do this? And I think I was 
yeah, I think I was really just kind of judging a lot of other Christians and not in a, like, (laughs) not in the way that you should be holding other Christians accountable. Like, I do think that there is a, a time for Christians to call out other Christians on sin, but in a trusted church community and like, Hey, you know, bringing it biblically. I think I was just kind of from afar saying like, Oh, these people are Christians. Like, and they're doing this. How could they say that they're Christians? You know, anyway, so through high school, I would say that I was a Christian, but I had this kind of growing, I always had this kind of sense of discontentment almost like, um, I'm trying to just, sorry for the ums and stuff. I'm trying to just accurately represent how I was maybe feeling at the time. Like I had never, I guess I never just like realized what the world was or what the world had. Or I think a big thing was that I really didn't, I stayed away from boys in high school pretty much. Like I didn't have boyfriends and I didn't feel like a lot of people liked me and I was kind of just like clamoring for people to like me. I remember needing a lot of attention from like, like I, would, I was always trying to get attention from like my palm, my dance coach and always trying to get attention for different things. Like I was kind of an attention seeker and I, that's probably how I still lean, you know, today, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of curb that now. Um, but I was just like, so I just needed like more attention, more attention, more attention. And I wasn't getting it from, from boys. And my high school was like relatively small, like people knew each other, but like no one was paying attention to me really. And so when I went to college, I was suddenly in this brand new environment with a ton of guys. I was in an engineering school as a woman. So I, there were a lot less women in my classes. So I was all of a sudden getting attention from, from guys And it was like a shock to me how this was happening. And I really, like my freshman year, I stayed really on the straight and narrow, but I was so tempted in like, it just like seeing what the world had to offer. Like, well, you know, if I'm just on the straight and narrow and I'm like, I'm never going to get, it started to feel, you know, I started being super melodramatic about things like, oh, like I'm never going to get married. Like, because my family has certain convictions about things like Harry Potter and certain fantasy books. And, and, you know, we're, we're like one of those families where we weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up. And there was a time where it felt like the rules of who I could and couldn't date and who could and couldn't be married seemed impossible. Like I, if these are the standards of what I need to find, then I'm never going to get married. Like there's no way that anyone will ever accept like these, this person to be married. Um, so my, all that to say my freshman year, I didn't date anyone. I didn't, I didn't really, uh, I, I didn't drink at all. I, I didn't do anything. I was from the outside, just a perfect little Christian girl in college, you know, I, I whatever, but I was very tempted to do all of that. Well, my sophomore year, guys started being interested more in, in me. And I started dating someone in secret, which was the start of everything bad (laughs) because I thought, okay, well, if these, if, if no one's going to be acceptable, which 
I want to clarify, my parents didn't make it seem really like no one was going to be acceptable. I think I just put all of this on myself. Like when I actually started dating people in the open, they were totally, totally fine with people not being perfect or different convictions people had or, you know, things were much more open and like willing for discussion than I thought. But in this mindset that I was in, I was like, no, there's no one that's going to fill these requirements. So I might as well just date anyone, kind of. And so I started dating someone in secret because I thought that they wouldn't maybe, well, they weren't a Christian was the big thing. And so I thought, you know, if I'm going back and and bringing someone to my parents who was not a Christian, that's just not going to work. They're going to make me not date them. And plus, I'm away at college, so they'll never really know. So I started dating someone and like great guy, no complaints, but not a Christian either. So definitely not leading me to the Lord. So I started dabbling in all sorts of sin and that just escalated like from sophomore year to, I I say junior year, like those, those two years were super, super dark in my life where I was just literally in this crisis every day of, I call myself a Christian. I want to be a Christian, but I am doing all these things in secret. I'm not glorifying the Lord. I'm, I'm like blatantly sinning. Um, that was like a two year period of just like crisis. Basically I would go to church. Sometimes I would be at a party the same week. Um, you know, and even it was crazy because like people who I hung out with who were not Christians would affirm choices that I would be making like, Oh, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Like I never, I never tapped into like hard drugs or, or anything like that. And so, you know, some people would, would help me justify it really and say like, well, you're not doing this thing. So, so this is okay. But I just remember in those two years in college, I was just really, I was sinning and I was keeping a lot of things from the Christians in my life. So I would like go meet up with my Christian friends who were walking with the Lord and I would just like leave out every struggle that I was having and pretend that I was living this great Christian life in college. And then I would go back to my college friends and really they could not tell that I was a, a Christian in the slightest. I was like in sin. And the two years of my life that were the darkest, I don't actually think were the darkest because, and I'll explain why. Those two years, like I was dating people in secret and my parents would find out. That happened twice where I was I had like a secret boyfriend and then they would find out because, you know, certain, I mean, I don't know. They would just find out in a variety of ways. One time I felt very convicted to go tell them essentially, like I was praying and the Holy Spirit said like, you, you have to go tell them right now, essentially. And the second time I was in like this crazy guilt, shame spiral and just didn't care and just dated someone for a long time and they ended up finding out when all my friendships basically fell apart because of it. So, so those were dark years, but then I broke up with that second secret boyfriend. (laughs) Like I want to say it was like in November of my junior year or no, it must've been going into my senior year, I think. Mm. Now I'm getting the timeline mixed up. I'd say it was, yeah, my junior year in like November of my junior year, I broke up with him. So I had like basically a year and a half of school left. Um, I broke up with him and I made this whole thing. Like I'm, 
I'm not, you know, I'm done with that. I'm done with having secret boyfriends. So then somehow senior year got even darker because I was pretending I was like done with these things. I was pretending that I was like more in control now. I was pretending that I like would go to less parties or I was like more calm. I, I was basically pretending like in those two years, sophomore, junior year, I was full send like, oh yeah, I'm acting kind of crazy. And I would just admit that, you know, my senior year was actually even worse because I was pretending that I was over that. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of reformed now. I'm, I'm refined. And I, I made a lot of mistakes junior, (laughs) sophomore, junior year. And now I'm kind of like on the up and up, but really I was even more bought into just sinning. So I would just do it all in secret. Like even my close friends didn't know for like, for example, if, well, I I just had really no problem like with not being a good friend, really. I, I would like, hang out with my friends and then you know we decided to like have a plan that night like we were staying in in our apartments or something and we would have a plan and and uh I'm trying to think like of an example I would strategically say okay let's hang out in your apartment because I probably I think I'm a little tired I think I'm gonna want to go back tonight um like, I think I'm going to want to turn it in early or something. And so we would hang out at their house and do like, or at their apartment and do the plans that we said. And I said, okay, you know, I'm going back. And those were like my more wholesome friends who wanted me to, who who were like good with me being kind of on the up and up, me being saying, oh, yeah, I'm over that like kind of sin that I was putting on. So we'd have these tame plans and then I would say, okay, I, I think I'm going to go back. And then I would not even walk back to my apartment. I'd like call an Uber, get in the Uber, go out to the bars and party with like this other set of friends who did not care if I was not sinning um, and who would like encourage it more. So in a lot of ways, like I say that my sophomore and junior year were like pretty dark moments of my life, but at least I was being honest about it. My senior year, I was just like still being terrible and really just being sneaky about it. Um, so all that to say is college was rough. I don't look, I I regret college a lot. I don't think it's necessarily bad to live with regrets. I do regret college a lot. I think I could have had like this amazing college experience with a lot of great, amazing Christian friends and really had a good wholesome time and had fun, but not have like, (laughs) but not destroy, like destroy myself basically and my self-esteem and things like that. Um, I, I do regret college. Like when I look back, freshman year was the best year of college. And that was from all outside perspectives, the most boring, but I just wish I could have done that all four years. So if I could go back and redo anything, it would be that. But I do think it led me to a place where I was so, I realized so much like the implications of living just in the world of just living without a care for the Bible or for what Jesus is telling us. And so I did get that experience, a little taste, and I know it could, it could have gotten so much worse. And, um, you know, 
I think it took me a while. It took me like three years because I, I didn't dive so far in like where my life was just completely destroyed. Everything from the outside was great. Like I graduated with a 3.5 and I got a great job and I held my job well and I had an internship all through the school year. And so things on the outside didn't look bad. I want to reiterate that like things on the outside didn't look bad, but I was like decaying inside because I was not chasing after Jesus. I was chasing after what the world had to offer and what the world thought was good and fun. And if it's fun, then it's fine. And is this any real anyway? Like, why do I have to be so strict when, you know, like this is okay. I would just like toe the line on every, on everything. Um, and was just really running after sin and what was fun. So anyway, I graduated and I remember graduation was like one of the saddest days of my life. And it, I looked very happy on the outside. I looked super happy, but I went to the graduation ceremony. I was so hot. I was sweaty. Like I was so uncomfortable. I think I was a little hungover from the night before, like, like I was just not feeling good. Um, and then I had to go back after my graduation ceremony and pack up my whole apartment and move out like the next day. And I got back. I remember because my family all came up for lunch, which was great. Like we went, did lunch instead of dinner. But then after the, like the second ceremony, a bunch of people's parents came up and they took them out for dinner and I had to go back and, and pack my apartment. So that was all fine. It was like not on my family. But then I went back and I just like cried in my apartment for a while. And I just remember this feeling of this is not where I was supposed to be by graduation. I was, I went into college so hopeful that I would find like this group of Christian friends and I would be so much closer to Jesus and I would have represented my faith well and I would be on my way. Like if I hadn't, been married I would be feeling whole at least in myself because of Jesus and I was not I was so empty like I was feeling just nothing and it was terrible it was like the worst it was just a terrible day when I look back at the pictures I look super happy and we look like we're celebrating and I look great and it looks so fun and I just remember there being such a juxtaposition of how I looked that day and how I felt. I felt terrible. So shortly after graduation, I moved in with my brother uh, while I was saving up for like a down payment on this condo that I was going to get. And so that really, that time just living with him really helped to heal me a little bit. Of like, you know, and I, I got back into reading the word and I got back into... um. Yeah, just trying to find where I went wrong and why. Um, and so shortly after I graduated, I met my now husband. So we met like a few months after I graduated. Um, yeah, we, we met a few months after I graduated and... We started dating and I was like on my way to being, to, to kind of remedying my life. I wasn't there yet. I was still like in the process of being sanctified. You know, I gave my life to Jesus after college and I said like the world's, the world's way didn't work. 
So I'm going to try God's way now. So I did give my life to Jesus and I met my now husband and we started dating and I was still kind of messy, honestly, from college. Like I was still like a little bit of a mess as I was being like sanctified. I mean, and I still am being sanctified. It's not like I've reached this end goal, but, but I was still kind of like, well, this is how I've been doing things for the last couple of years. So like that kind of all carried over and I started reading the Bible more and things were slowly changing as we went, but I was still like, I would just say I was still kind of messy, <laughs> but you know, he saw through that and, and saw me, thank goodness, because we got married in 2020 and really, you know, ever since then, like ever since I graduated college in May of 2018, and I think I gave my life really to God in June or July of that year. Ever since then, I've just been on this road of finding out what I actually believe and giving my life to Jesus and actually following him. Not just like an emotional thing, but what do I believe? What does the Bible say about every aspect of my life? And the Holy Spirit's just been refining me since then. So there are things that I've changed my perspective on. There's things that I've solidified my my views on. And so I started this podcast in January of 2020. And it was a way to really do just that. It was a way for me to examine every part of my life and what I believe and put it through the lens of, of Jesus. So it's like, when I used to say, oh, I'm kind of too Protestant to be Catholic and too Catholic to be Protestant. Like I wanted to look at every doctrinal thing between the Catholic church and the Protestant church and figure out what I believe about it. Do I believe that Jesus came down and died for my sins? Do I believe in infant baptism? Do I believe in purgatory? Do I believe in saints or praying to saints? Like, what do I actually believe? So this podcast has really morphed into a lot of historical stuff. But, you know, because some of the episodes where I was like, you know, for example, one of the main topics that I was going to investigate when I started this podcast, like the catalyst of starting the podcast, was trying to figure out if I believed if Mary was immaculate or not, if she never sinned, and if she was like a virgin through her whole life. That was really the catalyst of starting the podcast. Well, I read a bunch of articles on one side, I read a bunch of articles on the other side, and every time I thought I came to a conclusion, there was another like article to read and more books to read and stuff. So I just started venturing into other topics and I've, I think, never even done, <laughs> three years later, I've never actually done a podcast episode about Mary, even though that's why I started the podcast. Because some of these topics that I'm going over are bigger than maybe like one episode or one week's worth of research. It takes me a while to, you know, gather more things and pray about it and, you know, read and it's just a lot of research. So I haven't exactly stuck exactly to the format of what I thought I would, which is like, let's pick a topic or a doctrine and see what I believe about it. So we ventured into a lot of history and stuff like that. But all that to say is I've been doing the research on the side still, even if it's not a podcast topic. And I, at this point, don't think I'm at the place where I'm like, oh, I'm too Catholic to be Protestant, too Protestant to be Catholic. I really believe that the Protestant 
doctrinal things are more correct. So I wouldn't call myself a Catholic anymore. Now, does that mean, (laughs) I feel like this, I'm sensitive about this because I don't like when Protestants just rip on Catholics, like, and they say these blanket statements that are simply not true. Like I went to a Protestant school um, in high school and I feel like a lot of people are just constantly talking bad about Catholics that, and they were not educated about what Catholics believe. So they would say, oh yeah, Catholics believe you have to have works to get to heaven. And it was like way oversimplified where Catholics believe, okay, to be saved, like if you are saved, you will, there will be works associated because that is the fruit of you being saved. And so kind of the test of your faith is, you know, there will, there will be fruit evident in your life that shows that you are saved. Well, the Protestants who had never stepped foot in a Catholic church just say, oh yeah, Catholics believe you need works. And the Bible says, uh, you're saved by faith alone. So they're wrong. And they're just like not reading the Bible at all. And blah, blah, blah. They would make these crazy conclusions and, and really talk bad about Catholics based off of their misinformed notions. So I'm sensitive to that. And I don't want to like rip on Catholics in any way. I just don't think that the doctrine, I just don't agree with the doctrine. Basically. I don't agree that there's Purgatory, I don't believe that Mary is immaculate. Um, so I am tr- basically just trying to read the Bible and follow it the best that I can. But I found this really great quote by Martin Luther. Um, let me pull it up really quick. Uh, because it... It was when he got called in front of, like, the board um, when Reformation happened. And he was asked to recant his beliefs. And he would not. And this is what he said. He said, unless I am convicted by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither safe, is is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. And that it says it was in 1521 in his speech in defense of his doctrines at the Diet of Worms. So, um, so yeah, that is where I'm at, kind of. I, I don't agree. A big thing, too, is that the Catholic Church basically believes that the doctrines that the Pope puts out are, like, the Church is infallible, basically, so... I and, and maybe this is just my lack of understanding, but if the Pope puts out something that is what I believe is against the word of God, the church then has to accept it and say that this is like the, this is ordained as inspired by God and this is correct when I can go into the word of God myself and see that this is incorrect. So the Pope has made a lot of controversial moves and I feel like the church is kind of dividing but there's this underlying tie where you have to say that the Pope is is right 
although I know Catholics who have said the Pope is not right in some of these things, and I don't know how that fits together necessarily. All I know is I don't agree with most of the doctrines that I was debating with between if I'm Protestant or Catholic. I've come to the realization that I am pretty much just straight up a Protestant. Um, but again, like I really like the tradition of the Catholic Church. I like the reverence that, of the Catholic Church. So there are some things I really enjoy. I like that Mass is seen as like a holy thing and a something to have reverence about. There's kind of old hymns and it feels like you're actually entering the presence of like an awe-inspiring God. Whereas in a lot of Protestant churches, it's a lot more casual. And I guess I think that there's a place for both, but there's not a lot of tradition or reverence or... uh, I guess reverence is the right word. There's not a lot of that in the Protestant in a lot of Protestant churches, I should say. There's definitely some, like Kat Von D was talking about how she converted to, um, she converted to Christianity a, a couple of years ago, but she just got baptized. And she has been going to a Baptist church because they have a little bit more tradition and she's craving a little bit of tradition and traditionalism and stuff. So there are definitely Protestant branches that that do that. So maybe that's like my perfect fit. Um, So anyway, when I heard that quote, like actually it was on Halloween and I've been wanting to get baptized for a couple years now, maybe like a year and a half now because the church that I listen to does baptisms twice a year and I could technically get baptized anywhere. Um, but it just seems like a good opportunity to do it with the church that, because this church I started listening to in college during like the pretty dark college times and I've kind of been listening on and off um, since then. So like eight years, I think. Um, right now we're I'm doing like a home church. We, we go to a home church with my extended family, which has been really great. But my the church that I listen to does baptisms twice a year. So I've been wanting to go up and do it because I've kind of started coming to this conclusion for like the last year that I'm I'm Protestant. And when I was baptized, I was a baby, so I don't really believe in infant baptism. Like, I believe the purpose of baptism is to believe in Jesus and then get baptized after you believe in Jesus as a symbol of your faith. And so, and an outward expression of your faith and kind of a declaration that I'm following Jesus. And so I haven't done that as an adult, but I've been, I had come to that conclusion probably like a year, year and a half ago. And then my Bible study, who is through that same church, uh, someone, one of the ladies is, was going to fly in to get baptized at our church. And kind of last minute, like I was debating for a couple days and kind of last minute, like two hours before I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. So I drove up an hour with the baby and got baptized with the lady in my Bible study, which was really great. It's a really big church. So there were just like probably a couple hundred people getting baptized. Um, and that was only the Saturday afternoon service. So there were like three more services on Sunday and a bunch of other people got baptized. So it was a big thing, but yeah, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I've like, I've wanted to do it for a long time. And 
I think, you know, after reading the Bible, that's what God commands is like, once you put your faith in Jesus, get baptized. I hadn't made that declaration as an adult. So that's what I did. And I'm excited to keep learning, um, keep reading the Bible. I don't know if I've mentioned on here, but I might go to seminary. I've applied to Dallas Theological Seminary. I should be hearing back any day if I make it in or not. It's kind of expensive, so we're trying to <laughs> trying to work that out, see how that can be possible uh, for me to go. Um, but it would be on, like, I, I would do the program of Jewish, it's a master's in Jewish studies, but basically you go through all of the theology of, like, our Jewish roots and then up through the New Testament and then the theology of, like, the prophecies that Jesus fulfills and all that sort of stuff, as well as studying, so you study, like, Jewish history, I think modern day, like, Jewish culture, um, but kind of through a biblical lens. So anyway, there's a bunch of different really great classes, but it's a guy who is Jewish. He's a Messianic Jew, the the man who started the program. And so there's a big focus on Messianic um, Jewish studies, essentially. But it's like, it seems like the perfect program for me because I'm so fascinated in the Jewish roots of Christianity and why Christianity lost its Jewish roots and, you know, how the early church tried to, like, separate from from the Jewish faith. And so everything is, like, a little bit different. Like, our Sabbath, we tend to celebrate on Sundays instead of Saturdays and all that kind of stuff. And I, I really think that Christians should be celebrating some of the holidays that the Bible outlines, you know, it, like, that the Jews still celebrate to this day. There's really, in my eyes, not a reason why we don't, why Christians don't celebrate Hanukkah as well, because like we are grafted into the Jewish line basically. And these miracles that are talked about in the Bible are the reason why we're here and why we have a faith. And so like Hanukkah is celebrating a miracle that God performed for the Jews. I, I, I feel like we should be celebrating that and Messianic Jews do celebrate that. Um, so it's just kind of, kind of interesting things like Yom Kippur, however, which is like the day of atonement. I think Christians probably wouldn't celebrate because it's the day of atonement and Jesus is our atonement. So that makes sense why we wouldn't celebrate that because our belief is now that we don't have to do that. But things like these festivals like Purim and, Hanukkah and things like that. I feel like there's no reason why Christians don't celebrate it. Anyway, I'm very fascinated in the Jewish roots of Christianity. So this seems like a perfect program. So hopefully we can figure out how I can go and study that because I've just wanted to do that for a long time as well. Um, but anyway, so that is my baptism story, my testimony, why I got baptized. All of that has led me to here where I feel like I have made a good firm decision to follow Jesus, to follow the Bible, and to tell, to, to let the word and the Lord tell me what to do in like my day-to-day life. That quote, my conscience is captive to the word of God, I feel like has never described me more. <laughs> like that is my ultimate goal. 
I'm, I'm kind of in the process of like examining everything in my life and saying, does this line up to the word of God? You know, and I'm getting convicted of certain things of like music I'm listening to or, you know, a variety of things and trying to look at it through the biblical lens. Um, and when you start doing that, really, when you start doing that, you realize how so many things are just a perversion of the gospel, you know, like there's, this will probably be a whole other podcast topic, but looking at like marriage and how the Bible says wives submit to your husbands, but also husbands cherish your wives. There's like a whole group of quote unquote Christian men who want to like demand that their wife be serving them or whatever, submit to them, serve them without reading the other part that is men like husbands cherish your wives cherish like cherish her and take care of her and lead her in godly ways um there's a whole set of feminists who say i will never submit to a man which is a perversion of biblical thinking but there's also a whole thing a a whole group of men who want who aren't even Christians, like neither one of these could be Christians or they could be Christians because it's perverted. But um, there's women who say, I will never submit to a man. There's men who will say, I want my wife to submit to me, basically blindly. Both are a perversion of biblical truth. Biblical truth is that a woman submits to her husband, but the husband is cherishing her and leading her to the Lord. And they're a team running to the Lord. So you just realize how much is perverse and there's this very narrow 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 line <laughs> where it is there is biblical truth and if you are not in the word and you don't know the word it is so easy to fall on either side of that line so anyway um i will do a whole podcast topic about that that's coming up in the next few weeks um but thank you all for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast and i am going to try to get do more faith based episodes in the coming you know, weeks and years, because I've been really focusing on history, which is good. But I think I have a whole backlog of faith based ones that we can examine and take and reference to the reference, the word and see where we fall. Because I've been doing that for like a year. And so I think I'm actually ready to publish some episodes about it. So look forward to that. Uh, If you like the podcast, make sure to rate and review. I would really appreciate like a five star rating. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.